This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On this week's show, we weave a fortuitous tale of two shitties and talk about Port Vale. Welcome to Barrapod! Hi, Pat. Hi, mate. Flawless first-time introduction as ever. How are you today? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, I suppose. Good. Been better, been worse. Yeah. Can't complain. I've nearly dried off after last night, so I'm good. I stayed pretty pretty dry over in the West. I mean, it would have been a lot worse if I had to walk home, let's put it that way. It was uh, <laughs> blowing in under the... T- but under the roof in the second half now and again, yeah. and just like the conditions got worse and worse, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are, we are. Um, have you had a good weekend? Yeah, it was. It was a good weekend. There was just, I don't know how to put it. It was like a nice, relaxed atmosphere in the house. It was good. Everyone out, were they? Mm. Just, <laughs> you know, chill with yourself. How's it going? Lovely, yeah, good, good. I'm glad. Um, it's just us tonight. We've been abandoned. Well, uh, you see, you never know. This is just normal. We were hoping for the new normal. When we got the old normal. We, yeah, you <laughs> take what you get. Don't be picky. Yeah, it's the it's the, it's the uh, the originals. Yeah, minus minus trackers, who is the, the busiest human being on the planet. He's got a lot of maths to learn. <laughs> <laughs> is that a joke about the halftime challenge? I mean, I, I can't work out where the numbers come from because he explains the individual <laughs> points and then just announces a number that's higher than it could possibly be even if they scored every single one as far as my maths works. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I trust him, but I don't know what's going on. Maybe that's the way. That Maybe that's maybe ignorance really is bliss because I enjoyed it and I haven't got a clue what's going on. The Dracus random factor improves any event, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going we're gonna to do the pod in ever so slightly, a, a, a different order slightly today. <laughs> so we're going to open up by taking you through the League One table as things stand. Again... We're only going to go look. Now we're getting towards the business end of the season. I think it's only right that we ignore the ignore the sort of the, the end of the table that we're not involved in, except for one place. <clears throat> Can you guess who I'm going to mention, Pat? Uh, I mean, could it be our, our blue friends from the northwest? <laughs> yeah, so Carlisle are dead last. Even Cheltenham have overtaken them now. How shit are they? I mean, Four, bad. five five losses on the spin. Two mm-hmm. one against Exeter. Three one against Oxford. Two one against Barnsley. Four 0 against Bolton, and three two against uh, Leighton Orient. Oh, they're all top half, but still, like it's not good, is it? Their last win, a two one win against Port Vale, who. Uh, 
you this week of Saturday Manager. But that's probably in your Pat does the newsletter. So yeah. <laughs> and in the preview, it's fine. Already treading on your toes. Um, but yeah, I just thought you know, and they've also played thirty games, um, which Cheltenham have two in hand, and Port Vale have two in hand, um, and the the next like five teams above them. Uh, let's just say it's a long way back <laughs> for Carlisle yeah. at this stage. And they made some good signings in January, but it's way too little, way too late. I think you're more than halfway through the season and you're 10 points gone. to climb. Gone. It's, it's 11, it's 11 points to 11 points in a swing of 10 plus 10 goal difference just to get on a par with, uh, Charlton or Burton, really? That's not good, is it? That's Go really home, not Carlisle. Good. You've got what you came for. <laughs> they came for relegation. They came for a, for a six-month-long scrap down the bottom end. <sighs> let's just all Couldn't take a second awesome. to appreciate. Let's just say all take a second to appreciate it, shall we? Anyway. Um, Top half of the table, uh, Lincoln City in 12th, 38 points. Northampton are in 11th, 40. They're on, uh, they've got a game in hand over Bristol Rovers in 10th, who also have 40. Little gap there to Leighton Orient, 45 points after 30 games. Um, Blackpool, 46 after 30 games. Uh, in seventh, you're Oxford, who there's again, again, there's a five point gap back to Blackpool um, from Oxford. They've got uh, 51 points. Then, Playoff places. Stevenage, 29 points. No, 29 played, 52 points. Barnsley, 29 played, 53 points. Peterborough, 30 played, 56 points. Then you've got Bolton, 28 played, 58 points. So they're having a real, real stonking run. We've got three games in hand over Portsmouth and they're only five points back. Hmm. Fantastic, fantastic run at it they're going to have. Uh, second, you've got Derby on 30 points. At 30 played, 59 points. And then top of the pile, 63 points from 31. It's Portsmouth. Um, yeah, so it's... Now, the other thing we're going to do slightly differently um, is win... I, th- I think... It would. It might be. A, it might be an interesting exercise, or it may be a disaster. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that we should discuss these two one-nil games that we've had over the past four days as almost as like a single, like a little bubble in itself. So we're going to talk because because basically, despite being on the opposite side of things. They were the same game. There's a lot of similarities, wasn't there? You're right. And so, uh, as as I alluded to in the intro, we're going to paint weave a tale of a fortuitous tale of shit, as it turns out. First half against Blackfall, we were absolutely horrendous. God, I was relieved to get in at nil nil. It was we got pecked at times. We got penned in. It was dangerous. I was abs- absolutely stunned, genuinely stunned. It was nil nil. Yeah, yeah. We, that, that that deflection that scuffed just past the post felt like yeah, whoa, and sink to tightening. And then uh, yeah, we barely had a an effort. It was it was difficult, difficult watch at times. But they held well, you on. Say that. You say that. Up. We had six shots. Yeah, true, and they had that um, like kind of close-range flick-off read that hit off the keeper. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, save. there's only one on target, two off target and three blocked, but it never felt like that for a minute, did it, that, we were, that we'd had, you know, Blackpool managed nine shots in that first half. Um, so two, two on target, four off and three blocked. Yeah, um, we were on the road, six- we landed the odd jab, but it was a lot right. of punishment. Right, they had they had sixty percent possession and uh, a sixty two percent surpass success rate, um, which is away from home is pretty impressive to be honest, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and they were doing a lot of like overloading down the right hand side. Yeah, right hand side, their left. Yes, and just yes. getting two out, 
on Luther, and if mm-hmm. Freeman dropped in and helped out like he was supposed to, just put another couple out there because no one else is going out there. And so they yes. always had the numbers to work it around, create the crossing opportunities. And we were fortunate that they had, what, Kuasi up front? And he was mm-hmm. a menace under the high ball, but yeah. it wasn't much of a threat from crosses. And we were fortunate that, although they put a lot of dangerous stuff in the mixer, they didn't yeah. cause, they didn't force many difficult saves. Twice in that first 10 minutes, both Pidge and Roberts, when McGillivray's got the ball in hand, they're, slow down, calm down, it's been frantic, we need to slow the pace of the game down and 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 take, take, take the wind out of Blackpool's sails. Both times, McGillivray ignored them and just whacked it long. I can see a counter. Let's have a go. Yeah, thanks. I'm all for a counter. I'm all for a counter But I'm also all. I'm also for reading the situation of the game. The way the game had started, we needed to slow things down, to give ourselves time to settle back in, or set even not settle back in, settle in, and then yeah. start going again. Um, I wrote in ten minutes. Blackpool on top. Looking dangerous down both flanks. Um, we need more runners off Oliver if this is going to work. Um, one thing I did note early on is that White was really throwing himself into tackles yeah. uh, and putting himself about, which is not something we saw of him early on in the, in a few sort of the, the odd glimpse that we got of him. Um, and I think that might. I'm, I'm really hoping that that's something that they've put into him on the training grounds like this is this is men's this is senior men's football Harvey you can't just you know swan around like you're a ballerina you've yeah. got to get <laughs> you stuck. either do you've this got, or you don't play there's the choices you've got to get stuck in and 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 he, he did it against Wigan and he did it again on Saturday and while I don't think he had a particularly good game on Saturday because I feel like it almost passed him by a little bit on the odd occasion where he put a tackle in, he really fucking flew into it and, and, yeah. and meant those tackles. And I love it. I love yeah. seeing that from him because I was worried that he was going to be a bit a bit too soft for it, if I'm honest. League one yeah, football Yeah, because there's always nice touches for everyone in the field, is it? Absolutely. Um, something that happened across both games. Why don't we go for second the second ball? Mm. Now, now it's a rhetorical question because we must go for the second ball. You can't be a professional footballer and not. Why are we not in a position to challenge for the but, second ball more? But often? if we are, yeah, if we are going for it, why are we so fucking far away from getting it? It's a yeah. real concern because it means that we're on the back foot almost entire the entire time. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And it's about anticipating the situation, I suppose, rather than reacting to the flight of the ball. Because if you're reacting to the flight of the ball, someone's probably already going to be where it's getting to and you're not getting there in time. And We certainly saw in the second game when um, they were getting established, there was a gap between the midfield and the central defenders and they were just floating players in there and picking up loads of loose balls where you've got to be competing for that if you're the midfielders. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be letting them pick up stuff freely and then pass it on to forwards runners from yeah. like header clearances and stuff because it just it's players who've made a clearance and are then scrambling to get back into position to deal with the next thing that you haven't been able to affect. You've got to be yeah. more involved than that. <clears throat> well, I think one, I think, I think that where I where I put Oliver's winning headers up top, Jamie Reid always seems to be the wrong side. Now, I don't know if it's just a communicate. I don't know if it's a communication issue or uh, or they're just finding their feet together and things will be fine, right? But it just feels a it feels very strange that they don't seem to be able to get that right. Um, but what's stranger is that Roberts isn't alongside on the opposite side to Jamie Reid. Because I just feel like if... Vidane Oliver, by the way, looks fucking top draw as a target man so far. Mm. He wins an awful lot of headers. Um, and some of his flick-ons have been... 
exactly what the doctor ordered. And I might add, I think him and Elliot List, if they got a run together, could form a really lightning partnership. Because yeah. he's the sort of player that we've been we've been crying out for the entire time we've had Elliot List. That's true. That's absolutely true. I mean, but, the biggest weakness we've seen from him is acceleration of pace in general. And the few times yeah. they've tried to put three balls to him, it's looked like a man running through treacle. He's had absolutely no yes. chance of causing a threat. Yeah, yeah. That's but, a weakness. But you know, it is. But you play to the you play you play to your team's strengths, don't you? And yeah. And if you were the complete striker, you wouldn't be playing in League Two and League One, right? So right, exactly. But I just I just look at him and think he's he's far and away the best target man I've seen for Borough at the moment looks the best target man I've seen for Borough in donkeys so I just don't I I can't work out why we're not I mean if it's coming from a goal kick or a free kick deep in our own half it's of course going to Vidane Oliver I just can't work out why you're not pushing Roberts alongside on one side Jamie Reid on the other yeah Start them, start them five, ten yards deeper than Oliver, so they've got a run. They're passing Oliver as he's heading the ball. Yeah. One, whoever goes goes off of Oliver the correct way, they're not going to win every single one of those balls. You only need to win two or three a game to yeah. cause prob to cause problems and ask questions. And if you both if, got. And- the one on the other side is there for you to play it to if you need to. Play, you play it to, or he's there for a for, for the rebound, or there yeah. to cause defenders pose a defender a question: Do I come to the ball, or do I do I mark him out of the game? Also makes the goalkeeper think. The goalkeeper doesn't yeah. know whether you're shooting, whether you're passing. They probably don't come out quite as quickly, which gives you more time to to affect the effect affect the, the the whole fucking thing, right? Yeah, so, and he's certainly winning enough in the air that those gambles are worth it. It's not like you're yeah. doing 80 of those runs and getting one flick on in a game. You run past, you lose the ball. Vidane either drops drops into the hole that Roberts has left or steps forward as Roberts retreats into back to in, into his normal normal position. It's not like you're asking it's not like I'm asking for Luther to come up from right wing back and make these runs. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, by the way the which, which which by the way I don't think is the worst fucking idea in the world either, to be completely honest. Because that would that, that would add just add another body into the mix in, in that area. Then you'd have Roberts in a sort of position where he can press forward if they try to break. It's, and we have seen that high of lines at times, haven't we? Like when we played Portsmouth yeah. at home, real well, high exactly, risk, exactly, real exactly. high reward. Luther, Luther and Butler were playing as wingers. They were we, we weren't playing a conventional shape in the slightest that day. And the first half, Portsmouth were like, "What the fuck is this?" They had no cool. idea how to counter it, and they, you know they figured it out in the second half. And you know, rightfully so, earned earn a draw. Mm. Well, we probably should have won to win a point against a really good side. So uh, right, right, exactly. Worthwhile, worthwhile play. Um, second half, completely different game. I don't know what happens to, I don't know what happened to Blackpool at half time. I don't know what Neil Critchley said, but he just took every single shred of momentum out of them. And I and I I'd love to say it was. I mean, so, oh, another point, another point, sorry, that is definitely worth mentioning. We were unchanged from the victory at Wigan, and we all know when that happens, the next half of football was shit. <laughs> it's, it's the first thing Neil, Neil Metcalf and I spoke about once the team came, teams came out is the fact that that first half is going to be rubbish. Because it happens every single time we're, un, we're unchanged, every single time without fail. That's I a don't weird understand. one, right? I really don't think, understand it because we were really good against what Wigan. you needed, but it was just yeah, it's, it's, it's very bizarre. But honestly, next time we're unchanged, just think, just just be like, oh, we're unchanged. Let's have a look. Let's let's really pay attention to how bad we are at football this half because it's almost guaranteed at this stage, and I, it's awful. Mm. Um, getting back to the second half. Um, we were really on the front foot for the first 15 minutes, in fact. 
However, there was so little quality in the in the final third that just nothing happened with the ball. We were yeah. all over them for the first 15 minutes. I mean, literally all over them. We could hardly have had a better 15 minutes to come out with after the set, after half time, other than the fact we couldn't score. I don't understand why every single cross from either side went out for a goal kick. What are we doing? It's bad, isn't it? And it, the, the the ones that irk me the most are like free kicks wide on the left near the touchline. And we've had about 10 of those in a row now where Butler's kind of swirled it vaguely towards the penalty area. And it's basically starting yeah. counter-attacks for the opposition because we push so many people forward and the cross is so pish. So yeah. I don't know what the plan is there, but we've got to be fixing a plan that isn't working quicker than trying it repeatedly and getting ourselves in trouble over and over again, as we have the last two games. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought I thought our pressing all game against Blackpool was pretty poor. It just seemed like we were off. We were we were we were sitting off of them on purpose. And on the balance of the whole game, I don't really understand why. Because in the second half, it's not that we pressed them well. Um, we changed things up and pressed them well and won the ball. They were just pumping it long all second half. I've got um, on the 65th minute, Blackpool fans have been singing the same fucking song for 10 plus minutes. Oh, God, yeah, they, that was a they only thing. They only stop to cheer ironically when they lump it long. <laughs> Uh, James James Husband and uh, Ekpeteta. That's what we'll go with. Um, They must have sent it long about every 35 seconds, 40 seconds, it felt. And it's weird, right, because that Husband-Coulson tandem down the left-hand side looked really dangerous first half. First half, first half. First half, it absolutely fucked us. Obviously, we're we're all fans of Lufa these days. But, that was Luther's worst game He's in ages. Being hit against Wigan and against Blackpool, he was awful. Just straight up awful. Everything he did went wrong. And he was he wasn't he's not injured. You know, he's not been he's not been given a rest against uh Reading. He was lit he's he was dropped straight up. You've not been good enough, you drops. And I'm not surprised, right? Because there was a point in that game against Blackpool where he sliced it clear as like 30 yards up in the air got underneath right. it himself, outside yeah. of the box on the right-hand side, and then passed it calmly to a Blackpool player in the penalty area. Like, yeah. what? what? You'd yeah. never pass there, even if what? you've got a man clear there, because it's a <laughs> dangerous place to pass yeah. the ball. But you just passed yeah. it straight to a Blackpool player in the box. What What are you seeing? Yeah, no, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and, then, and then the goal for JFC, pretty fortuitous. Again, it was a really good, really good period of play. Um... Robert ends up in the box with the ball. He took. It looks like he's shaping to shoot, but kind of stands on the ball and kills kills it dead. So he mm. has to he has to sort of turn on the ball and find JFC, who hits a lovely first time shot. I don't. It looked like it was on target. I'm not. I'm not convinced it would have gone in. Um, uh, but uh, Egpeteta, you know, it takes a takes a hideous deflection off of the lad. Also, the goalkeeper gets a touch on its way in, but you know. You absolutely need moments of luck like that if you're going yep. to be in in a fight for, for for promotion. And you know, let's let's not let's not beat around the bush here. As unlikely as it may look, and it's increasingly looking and becoming, I think the target has to still be that we want automatic promotion. Yeah, I mean that's got to be your aim. It's what. Six points off. now, but no, not six, seven, because there's only two go up automatically. Yes. With a game in hand, so it could drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, because Bolton have got a game in hand as well, so yeah, it could be slightly more than that. Well, it's a lot three, to ask, given the great number of teams above us are picking up. Yeah, two over Portsmouth, and yeah, we'll yeah. come on to Portsmouth. It's, it's a stretch, but you know, you aim for that, it makes it more likely that you'll make the playoffs. And Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll talk about Reading as well in the same in the same the same bit. So Luther, as we said, Luther was dropped, uh, White was dropped completely, which is a shame. I think it's it's a shame that he's given him two starts and then he's not on, he's not on the bench. He's just gone. Yeah, 
Because he was um, making an impact as well. It's not like he was anonymous yeah. or causing us um, lots of problems. I expected Freeman to be a right back and a midfield of Lee He and, right back. Sorry, um, Lewis Thompson and um, and uh, JFC in the middle. Obviously, Burns was benched. Uh, TVC came back in. TVC played on the right, um, which was which was weird. And he was up against that uh, absolutely lump. And I'm not going to try and say his name. Kelvin. Number Kelvin. 15. Yeah, big, big Kelv. Um, and uh, he was a weird, he's a weird one, isn't he, Kelv? Because he's, he's clearly got a bit about him, but he's not played a lot for Reading recently. Um, it's a similar vibe to how Lucas Aiken played the position, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd... I'd he remind he's not quite as tall, but he reminds me of um, Peter Crouch. He's obviously not as good as Peter, <laughs> Peter Crouch was. But you know what I mean? Like, like every like I look at you, and everything tell everything that everything about the way you look tells me you can't play football, but you're yeah. actually quite good. He wasn't well, their biggest threat, but he was no. one of their biggest uh, players, and it was an interesting contest between those two and. You know, maybe that's why they put yeah. TVC there to handle that different threat of wide player. And certainly, yeah, possibly. defensively, he was solid, but it didn't give <clears> as much going forwards as you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm a fan. I, I'm not a fan of that setup um, with TVC at the at the back. I would have preferred a three, a back three yesterday mm. with Freeman playing as like a wing back. Um, It's hard to know how best to counter that team because yeah. I know again Aziz and Yodem down the right hand side gave him a lot of threat um, caused mm-hmm. Butler a lot of problems. But um, Butler had a Butler had a bad game even when we were on top in the first half. Butler had a bad game yesterday. Yeah, that's fair. They picked up a lot of very cynical bookings once they got in front. Yes, um, they clearly knew how to. Well, I mean yeah. the the Harvey Nibs one. I'm, I. I I was adamant at the time it's a red card and honestly I've seen it back a couple of times and I still think do you know what with the condition yeah you have to take the conditions into account I think um you have to take into account the situation the score everything I just think it it, it was reckless I don't think it was do you know what? I don't think it was reckless because reckless applies that he's gone in with sort of a some kind of abandon I think it was completely and utterly premeditated I'm going to hit you and I'm going to hit you fucking hard. Yeah, it wasn't um, a leg breaker or anything, he knew, but he has gone he knew just what to he was take doing. him out. so dangerous. Was, the um, ball was, Vancouver, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, the ball was gone. He's gone in. I didn't, I, I couldn't tell whether it was two footed, and I can't remember now having looked at it back. It was two footed. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I just think it was an awful, awful, cynical, dangerous tackle. Yeah, it and, was high and it was making sure he couldn't get past it and get up into a slide. And if he was going to get, if he was going to get past. Or like you know, if if I hit you and you sort of you stumble, maybe you ain't gonna fucking stumble because I'm gonna fucking hit you. and I'm gonna make sure you don't get back up. Yeah, you put um, him into the really thick mud by the advertising boards in yeah. the east. And, real, uh, real it was horrible. It's right in front of the uh, yeah, main noisy lot. Um, yeah, it was it was a horrible, horrible tackle, tackle and he uh, could have easily gone. Um, oh, well, the fir- first half, the Brighton, Bright- uh, Brighton, the Reading fans really were giving the referee a hard time. And I know we, you know, it's the referee we had at Blackpool, and he was awful that day. But honestly, I don't think he did much wrong first half. I, don't, I can't remember much he did wrong second half, really. I mean, there's the penalty shout for us, which, you know, the, the lad's hands are sort of up in a weird place. You might argue that he's so close to whoever it was that was crossing the ball that it would have been impossible for him to not, for the ball not to have hit his hands. His hands were like, you know, up in front of him rather than down by a side or anything. It just mm. feels like it just feels like how are, how how a referee is supposed to know what is and isn't a, a hand like a penalty worthy or a free kick worthy handball when none of them seem to have a consistent knowledge of what the rule actually is. I don't I don't know from the from the wording of the rule. I don't know what a fucking hand what a handball is anymore. I, th- I, I didn't honestly, think that was as much of a pen as the one on uh, Jamie Reed from the second half. 
uh, I was too far away to see that, and I haven't. I forgot about that one. I haven't gone and looked back for it. Also, it's just worth noting against Blackpool, the one on Jamie Reed in the first half, fucking it's clear as day, stonewall penalty as you're ever gonna see, and the referee and the lino were far, both of them far too close not to give it mm. absolute steaming turds. Um, First half, he was consistently very lenient and just basically let everything go. Second half, not uh, so much. No, no, but I don't even think I don't even necessarily think that's that's a fair assessment because it's not. I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but I think I think he I think it's more. He was just he was giving players the benefit of the doubt with the with the conditions in mind, and he was just trying to let the game flow. That's genuinely how I felt it was going. Yeah. Then the red, then then there were a lot of fouls in the first half by Reading players, and they sort of you know they as it got on in the first half, it got it got you know the ta- the tackles got a bit more reckless and a bit a bit sillier, and then he started pulling them back. There were there, there were some really strange deci- decisions right in the first half. Um, he gave Jamie Reed offside um, when th- uh, the ball was played forward by Van Cooten. And uh, Mola intercepted it. Jamie Reed was fifteen yards away from Mola when he when he intercepted it, chased him down, then then put a tackle in. Didn't win the ball, and Reading continued forwards, and the referee calls it back for an offside. What? But where Jamie Reed pulled the tackle, put 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 the tackle in, not the fifteen yards back where he was when the bay ball was played forwards, and and I'm just sat there scratching my head because it's like. Everything to do with the offside rule you've got wrong there. He was offside technically, and yeah, he did play, play, go and make a play on the ball, but he didn't make, he didn't touch the ball. And it's so long ago, in terms of a football match, you know, it, it was a good five seconds ago, which honestly is a long time for like a like an offside decision to be called back. Yeah, it was so fucking bizarre. And there was, and and then he let him take, you know, and he let him take the the free kick practically on the halfway line. I'm just like. I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand what's happened there. Like, it's baffling. He's a professional. He let him take a goal a- kick with a rolling ball as well. So he's obviously not that hard. He did, he, he did that. A f- he did that a few times. He did that a few times. To be fair, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. To be fair, that's not riling us up. But yeah, they, it's because they were doing the whole one defender in each corner of the six yard box thing and a goalkeeper yeah. hanging about in the middle. And I quite like that because it just draws pressure on yourself. I think it causes you more problems uh, than it causes us. But at this level, you could roll at this it out to the defender who then played it before it even yeah. stopped and that's not how it should at, go. At this, le- at this level on a small pitch like we've got, like they can probably get away with it at home because they've got quite, you know, with the Majeski, I'm not going to call it the, whatever it is, the select car leasing shithouse. Um, <laughs> the... They've got they've got a pretty big pitch for League One in, in in Reading, so I can see why it might work. I mean, obviously not that the box, the you know the six yard box or the penalty area are any bigger, but generally speaking, the pitch is bigger, so the players players aren't as likely to be able to press you in as effectively as they are at uh, the Lamex. Um, I just, I just, I just don't get it at League One. Nine, <clears throat> how many how many players we've we really seen? How many teams have we really seen that can do it properly at this level? Well, I mean, how many times does a team go from passes out of their own box to scoring at, at this level? Like, never, it's, never. Like, Doesn't happen. Know, half a percent of all it, it, of the goals scored all season. <clears throat> even even Peterborough, who are very good at it, I don't think they fashioned a single effort on goal against against us from playing out of, from the back like that. Certainly, what, for how often you score doing that compared to how often you score from having the ball pinched off you in your own half and someone getting into right. the ball and scoring that way. Like, that, that's not really yeah. any comparison. But so, keep doing it by all means, guys. <clears throat> it's fine. We, we enjoy trying to snaffle chances <laughs> from it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I don't under. I don't. I really, really. As much as I didn't understand how we were so bad in the first half against. Blackpool to how good we were in the, um, how good we were in the second half. It was a complete opposite in this one. Um, really, really good football in the first half. I was talking to Alex um, at halftime, and and he we we both said that we've played some of the best football 
I've ever seen a Steven Hitchin play in our first half. There's mm-hmm. a passing moves down the right, particularly, that were just so good. The in, the intricacy of the passing and the way we moved the ball was fantastic. Yep. But we just couldn't get any shots away. But, but I made the point to Dean, how often do you see a team, a big, a supposedly big team like a Reading or, you know, arguably like a Blackpool or a... Portsmouth or you know any number of these teams that have been in the Premier League in the last decade that somehow find themselves down there, down with us, right? Mm-hmm. How often do you see a team that big come and defend like they're the minnow? And then <laughs> at first half, Reading, uh, Black, by, sorry, Black, Blackpool in the second half and Reading in the first half for for period for long periods of the game had like eight nine men in the box. Defending, yeah. and Wigan did the same. Like, when we to concede the was, goal, to concede right. the goal that won it as well. It right, was, I right. mean, it was. We did. We pinned them in at time. I was. I, I think I used the phrase "peppered them with crosses and shots from the edge of the box," but they yeah. weren't forcing any saves. It was all blocked out for corners and throw-ins and stuff. But I think it was like mm-hmm. one difficult save the whole half. So, yeah, it, it, they weren't winning dangerous enough headers, headers to force difficulties. They weren't finding gaps to shoot through to force saves. and It was tricky conditions, yeah. so shooting from distance makes sense as a strategy, but when you're only forcing one difficult save at half, it only takes one scuffy, back-headed own goal to scupper you. Yeah. And, and I, do you know what? I I haven't seen it at all. I didn't see it. All, all, the first I knew about the goal going in, was the Reading play? The Reading fans cheering, looking over, and seeing. Uh, I think it was. It was even. I think it was Mola that was running away celebrating. Mm. I'm like, what, what the fuck? I had to ask. I had to ask the uh, guy that I'm supposed to tell who scored. Who scored? What happened? <laughs> I saw it come off the um, back of the defender's head and scuff it hit, it across hit the face Oliver. of the keeper and in the corner. But it hit, yeah, it yeah went I didn't off see who it was. Oliver, as it happens, um, it's just weird. It's weird. And I was trying to sum it up after the game, like, so we won a game we probably should have drawn on Saturday. Yeah. We lost a game we probably should have drawn against yeah. Reading. That means yeah. we've got three points when we should really have only got two. So it feels like we're net ahead of where we should be. And right. There's really good aspects of the performance to take forwards as well, certainly from certainly the first from half, first half of the yeah. Reading game. It's just a matter of converting some of those chances when they got their own pitch is still winning a million headers in the area every game. I mean, so, I mean but in both games, what a fucking man mountain he is. Incredible. Um, the, the header so, he won to put Verdade Oliver through on the penalty spot that got just... Oh fuck! Over the yeah. was so I thought I thought so the defender I thought the defender got back and made a really really crucial crucial tackle, and I could not believe we didn't come away with the corner. Mm. I mean, he did well to put it under pressure. Like, it's, it's hard to see from the angle of the replay who got the last. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I couldn't be- I couldn't believe that Vidane Oliver could be in that position. I'm sorry, any professional footballer could be in that position and not hit the target. So I, it mm. had to have been it had to have been a tackle. I mean, there's been Stevenish plays in the past. I would have trusted to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely, no. Absolutely, but not, 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 not at this time and not at this level. Um, you do feel better than that in general, right now. Yeah, we were fucking woeful second half. So, and I, we've already like we. It's very rare we decide what the episode's title is going to be before we've spoken. Because normally, I like to take the episode title from something somebody said. <laughs> Uh, but we seeing the reaction to yesterday. I was I was pissed off coming out of the ground, like a lot of pe- like a lot of people, with the manner of the defeat, with the performance. But I think your summary, you know, where, like like you've just said, you know, we're probably we probably netted a, a point point more than we deserved through over the course of the two games. So it's not that bad. And, you know, as much as, you know, Reading are in a real situation, Reading and Blackpool are both decent teams mm. in reality. Red, Reading aren't great. But they've, got, so they've got some very good, dangerous players. I mean, Big Kelv and uh, Aziz, um, very good. Uh, Yadon, fantastic. Best man on the pitch yesterday, I thought. 
yeah. to be honest. Um, uh, Charlie Savage is looking like a good young midfielder. Harvey Nibs is a good player. Moller's a good player. So, you know, they they got a good... They, they really do have a good team there. Um, it's just the way we capitulate. It's just... I don't... I, 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 said to, I said to Dean and uh, Steve at half-time, I, I can see one of two things happening. We we continue the first half, but we just can't break them down. And we come away literally being dumbfounded as to how we lost that game. Or they'll hit us on the break after we've dominated the half and we'll lose 2-0. I didn't <clears> see us just not doing anything of night in the second half. Yeah, it was it was tough conditions to create anything, but that doesn't shy away from the fact that we just weren't particularly incisive. It was a lot of just clueless. throw it and hope. And we look yeah, yeah we look disconnects between players who you wouldn't normally expect that. So yeah. the passing moves weren't working on the odd occasions they tried to get it down and play it. Yeah. So the episode title relax picks it ahead of time because I think people just need to sing the reaction on Twitter. I just think we need to sometimes after a bad performance, which, you know, we'll, we'll, despite how great we had passages in the first half, overall you've got us, we didn't lose, we didn't win. It wasn't a good performance overall. Take um, a breath and look at the bigger picture. Take a breath and look at the bigger picture. It was not, it was, it was a missed opportunity to stretch the, stretch the gap to Oxford to, you know, to jump, to jump Barnsley in the table. Yes, yeah. it was a missed opportunity, but we've still got games in hand. And, I, I don't. I'd, I'd much prefer the points on the board at this stage, but we do still have two games. In some cases, two games in hand. At least one game in hand. That game in hand is, a, is against fucking Cambridge. Imagine if you'd come to us in the summer and said, right. "So uh, after th- after twenty nine games, you'll be sixth with a game in hand yeah. and people and will a be point complaining. Ahead people yeah. will be com- complaining like you're like your Carlisle." It makes the game in hand massive, absolutely, because yeah. a four-point gap is so much more valuable than a one-point gap. But like the position they've established in the playoffs, fighting strongly for yeah. a playoff yeah. berth at the end of the season, is comfortably above expectations. Way, way, so, way above expectations. So I think we just need to take stock sometimes and just sort of calm down a little bit. Just relax. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. It wasn't we, like a miserable one meal where we didn't create a chance. Right, right, exactly. Um, and you know, there were positive. There were positives. Um, I, I, I identified three players that I want to talk about, particularly over the last two games. First being Carl Piergiani. When when he left Salford to go to Oxford, Salford fans were like, "Oh well, you know, we want to make the next step up," and he's not capable of playing in League One. Sure when he like left, he when he lost, when he when he left, did I say Oxford earlier? I meant Oldham. When he when he left Oldham and came to us, Oldham fans were fucking furious. Now, like, well, they were getting relegated next season anyway. Then, when we got promoted, I saw a collection of his old fans of his old team saying, "Oh, he can't play in League One. He's too slow. He hasn't got it. He's been fucking superb. The goals yeah. are dried up." understandably, because I, I said towards the end of last season, the teams we will come up against are going to be far stronger, far quicker, and far more technically accomplished than they and are in the team. a lot of the time, he's double and triple marked. Like, people know it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes marked by fucking Aaron Presley as well. Um, <laughs> no comment. But just what a fucking man mountain he's been, honestly. Yeah. Super, I, we couldn't ask for a better better centre back at this at this at this moment. I really don't think we could. Um, I mean the thing that helps us most is how consistently he finds either some dangerous space with the ball or finds a teammate with the ball. And that's the noticeable difference to recent Stevenage backlines than the current lot is yeah. how much less hit and hope it is and how much more it actually builds us attacking platforms because we're back yeah, in the I mean, uh, kind of Luke Wilkinson Mark Hughes days it's just uh, either give it away or yeah. give it large somewhere and you can chase it and try and pick up some scraps it was never well, as constructive yeah yeah I mean we did have 
you know, there were times last season when uh, Pidge was playing some of these crossfield long balls, and I was like, I'll oh, fucking give it up to give it up, Pidge. It ain't, it ain't fucking working today. And you know, part of me was like, he needs to be better at that in League One, but he's been fucking better at that in League One. <laughs> His passing has been better. He always looks to he he always causes problems, even if he doesn't win headers all the time in the box these days. It's always causing problems, and it's like you you, you just can't ask for more from a from a from a captain from a centre back, can you? No, not at all. There was a bit of control just under your nose from Roberts right on the touchline for one of those crossfields. It was absolutely oh. delicious. Can I can I can I tell can I tell you a, a, a funny thing about that? All the Reading fans were up here. He was also half a yard out off the pitch. I figure that's what they must be moaning about. You can't yeah. see from the far he, side, like. But he was absolutely off the pitch. Well, it still looks yeah. good from my angle. Oh, I mean, it was a superb bit of control, and I don't blame him for fucking just going, no, I'm carrying on. Are you kidding? Did you see that? There's not a chance I'm stopping. Yeah, um, flag it if you want, lads. Right, exactly. But yeah, no, he was offside. So that... so. John Roberts is another one I want to talk about um, because is it just me or is his level really, really dropped these last few weeks? He's gone from being like a fierce threat to being kind of anonymous with the odd flash. And I yes. talked about it with Greg the other week and saying that maybe that's partly down to the team structure changing and mm-hmm. his role has got less freedom to it to pop up wherever he sees fit he's kind of more pigeonholed on one side with someone else on the other and there's an element to that but I think you made a good point on the way back that we're not seeing quite as often this driving at the last man giving him a decision to make put him on his heels and tying him in knots and that's where your biggest threat should lie if your player like Roberts is I think that's where we saw the biggest threat from him so we yes. need more of that. We need a bit more, I don't know whether bravery is the right term, but just like committing to things and really making the defence have questions to answer. Yeah, I mean, so we had we had periods, you know, we had games, even, even you know, runs of multiple games where he was fairly, he would have innocuous or not, not innocuous and more anonymous sort of, periods of games last season but he'd always pop up with like a crazy 15 minutes that just terrorised the opposition hmm. I can't remember the last time he did it I can't and it does worry me um, because he's I didn't mind I didn't mind when he did go anonymous because he would have those little moments where you know a little bit of magic would win you a game It's not. It's just not happening anymore, and and it's a concern. It really is a concern. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since his last goal or his assist, as yeah. far as I can remember. And we we sort of saw from Ben Thompson when he came on what a difference that can make when the you've got sword, the ball feet and you back yourself. The but, sort of sort of drive. Oh, oh, this this is this is something that I wanted to say as well from from the Blackpool game on three occasions in the first half. Um, was it Blackpool? Was it no? It was Reading. Sorry, against Reading in the first half. Roberts got the ball down the right. He's got he's got Reed and Vidane Oliver in the middle waiting for the ball, um, and uh, Forster Kasky and and occasionally Thompson on the edge of the area waiting for waiting for something to happen. And he's stopped, let the defender sort of you know set themselves. Then he's cut it onto his left and either gone back to gone back to Van Kooten or to Freeman. And it sort of wasted the opportunity where, he, where, you know, last season he would get in that position, and nine times out of ten he's trying to drive into the box. Even if he gets into the box once or twice out of that, that nine or ten attempts, he's causing problems. He's just not doing it at the moment. I don't understand it. Mm. He had the, like he looked like on on two occasions he looked like he had the beat in a molar, and he just sort of stopped and let him recover. I can't, yeah, I especially can't once Mola's on a booking, keep committing. It. Yeah. I just can't. I can't figure it out. I just honestly, something's not right with him at the moment. Mm. And it's um, true, he's got a lot of minutes in his legs, but yes, you've got to think like I don't know. There are players that to take your place. Yeah, you've got to keep trusting it, and that's the thing about 
Ben Thompson is not getting that much game time. And I think it's just like end product and choosing the time fit- to I think make the pass and play the cross. And I think it's fitness with Ben. Yeah, competitiveness. Well, not combativeness as well, I guess. He runs around a lot, but doesn't necessarily have the physicality, like nowhere near in the same class as Roberts in yeah. terms of competing yeah. for balls, 50-50s and stuff, which is yeah. your bread and butter unless you're... You know, scrapping for um, an equaliser like we were in that one. Uh, there, there, there are two more players I want to single single out here. Freeman. As a podcast, I think we might have been quite harsh about him. Sort of being, being ineffective. I mean, Greg certainly has been. I don't know that I've been harsh. I always feel like I've given quite quite balanced. Uh, quite a balanced opinion of him or view of him or assessment of him, let's say, because, you know, I've said several times that he's played really well when he's been right back and he's filled in the deputies really strongly, but I haven't seen enough from him in midfield, in midfield except against the, uh, against all, you know, Orient away when he was, you know, fantastic. But the last two or three weeks, I think he's been, every time I've seen him, he's been More or less the driving force in midfield for most of the stuff we've done well in a yeah. game. Pop kind of what you hoped for when you saw the signing in the summer. Yeah, exactly. Nice little flicks around the corner, getting players going, um, incisive passing. I mean, last night in the second half, until Ben Thompson came on, he was the only player that every time he got the ball was trying to move it forward or trying to run forward with the ball. Every single time. Um and I, I just thought he, I thought he was by far and away our best player on the pitch last night, even better than Pigeon Sweeney, who I thought also had excellent games. And I think Sweeney against Wigan, um, other than the other than the uh, oh maybe not Wigan actually, it was a it was a very it was a very roller coaster game for Sweeney was Wigan, but <laughs> against Blackpool and against Reading, I thought he was superb. Absolutely. Having said, I don't know why he's in the side ahead of Van Kooten. The last two games hasn't looked like a play you'd want to drop. Let's put it that way. No, no, absolutely not. And and you know, I'll, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say, you know, I was, I was almost going. I just don't think he's good enough anymore. I don't think he's good. I, there's something about him in League One that ain't clicked. And 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 you know, rightly second, I'm delighted with the fact that he's proven me wrong. Um, Superb, yeah. honestly, superb yesterday. Genuinely superb. Agreed. That's it. That's all. That's all I've got for for that. Do you want to do the news? An hour in. Or the do you want question, to do anything to add? I mean, the other question is goalkeepers, because we saw <laughs> we we saw a very similar um, <clears throat> near own goal, well saved at the other end of the pitch. Yeah. And then Faraz, flick header, no response, just nailed to his line. It trickled yeah. into the far corner. And it just, he did some good stuff. He swept up some things, but it wasn't like a humongously convincing display that says, oh, he's head and shoulders ahead of Tay. I can he, see why he's displaced him. It was just. I mean, he, almost, hmm. he almost got caught twice coming off of his line um, uh, in the second half. I mean, Sam Smith rounded him. And if it wasn't for Dan Sweeney making a, a genuinely world-class block, block almost on the goal line, we've lost that 2-0. Yeah, um, Aziz put one over the bar from a similar incident. Right, exactly. Um, uh, so there were a couple of punches. He's, he sort of come out and punched, and it's been less than convincing. And honestly, they should have scored. Um he looked really shaky yesterday and he's made some good saves. Like, don't get me wrong, he's made some good saves, but he's not as good as Tay. He just ain't good as, isn't as good as Tay. Hmm. Again, it was horrible conditions, so it was it was a tough game to look oh, good in for any player. It's an awful game to be a goalkeeper. Button did button button managed to do play pretty fucking well. Real, real shit house of a goalkeeper him, isn't he? He did the job, didn't he? It was uh, catching the catching the ball and lying down in the sixty third minute. <laughs> well, you know, needs must when you're at that end of the table, right? Just be thankful it's not you. Abs, abs are fucking lately. Yeah, do All the right. knees, Pat.
do some news. All right. Charlton graduate, academy graduate, let's read all the words on the notes. Daniel Carnu has signed a contract extension. He's a promising young striker and they've got him under contract for another three seasons. So whether that's with a view to bump up his uh, trade value or whether that's with a view to a long-term successful career at the club remains to be seen, but they'll be pleased to uh, have that under their belt. With uh, Nathan Jones signed as their new manager on a permanent basis. Good to see him back in management. Um, we'll see how well that goes down at the... the uh, whatever their stadium's called. My brain has failed me. Um, that's the one. I nearly said the den. That would have got me lynched. Oh, so You should have. Yeah, yeah, just absolute wind-up merchant. You know me. Uh, the opposite <laughs> end of the happiness spectrum, Portsmouth have lost three players for the rest of the season due to injury. Joe Morell, Terry Devlin and Tom McIntyre. Now, McIntyre's only played 54 minutes, so that's probably not a massive concern, but Joe Morell's played like 31 games, over 2,000 yeah. minutes on the pitch, and Devlin's a bit more bit part, but still over 1,000 minutes, 24 appearances, a couple of goals mm-hmm. as well, so... They look top and sitting pretty, but that sort of hole punched in your squad is a real, um, you know, a real gut punch. And uh, yeah, they they might struggle more than people think down the stretch, losing that sort of uh, backbone to the team. So yeah, um, the other thing that was striking in the news this week was this like ownership wrangle at Peterborough United. So they got some people who came in and bought a 50% stake um, and then subsequently left again and are now challenging the club to pay them debt that's owed to them as former owners or something. So it's it's something we maybe need Sev's thoughts on given that it's uh, financial related. But ultimately there's been a lot of fairly dodgy looking financial dealings at Peterborough that are winding themselves out very slowly, including loans from the councils for upgrades to training facilities, which have been subsequently abandoned due to escalating costs, which all looks fairly dodgy. It's uh, a messy story at a time when the club is, you know, right at the business end of the league that they want to be in and pushing for yeah. yet another yo-yo back up to the championship. So it's a distraction they could probably do without a one probably worth monitoring given uh, the stormy nature of some of the finances of size in this division. Oh, shock horror, as it turns out, that uh, Darren McAnthony might be a shady motherfucker. Mm. Who would have thought I mean, he's somehow come out of this having sold half the club and got it all back again with more money than he started with, which is, you know, just... uh, Good business, maybe, but uh, yeah, it's it looks like a bit of a tangled mess. Uh, so I don't envy them having to uh, deal with that. It's uh, it makes you glad no. to have the kind of steady Wallace hands at the tiller. Uh, yet another thing that makes us makes us appreciate just how good we've got it with. Yeah, which is something we like him. Yeah, um, Paul Vale. Oh. They are in woeful form. Like, if you can't get three points against Port Vale... No, they, they've sacked they've oh, sacked their manager. we talked about that already, and I forgot we talked about that already. Yes, Port Vale sacked their manager. And I'm not surprised, given what their form looks like. It's been fairly horrendous recently. As, uh, you know, we'll be looking forward to yep. trying to get one over on them very, very shortly. And I think you probably need to, given... Uh, given what's going on around you. It would be very concerning, but very Stevenage to not win on Saturday, yes, wouldn't it? it would be very, very Stevenage to go and uh, play out a stodgy draw and end up very disappointed. What a, what a great word. Stodgy. Stodgy. Yes, it was uh, Crosby who was sacked to Port Vale and they've got a bunch of academy coaches in interim charge yes. looking to turn things around so good luck to them they've also lost David Dunn their first team coach as part of that whole uh, debacle so it's a lot of experience out of the door and a lot of inexperience in charge so 
what uh, David Dunner failed Rabona at Birmingham for I City think so, fame, yes. uh, fame. Blackburn. Or was it Blackburn? Was he at Blackburn? What, what he's synonymous with me. Yeah. Well, he, I'm pretty sure he played for Birmingham as well. But yeah, I think he did. He tried the Rabona when he was at uh, Blackburn yeah. and fell on but the I mean, they, they haven't won since December. <laughs> and during the, the time since then, they've lost to Carlisle, who were bottom. They've lost 3-0 to Fleetwood, who were pish, and also in the relegation zone. So they are, yeah. I mean, we've come against sort of team, against teams in similar form and not got away with three points this season. So I'm not counting any chickens here, but you've got to go into that sort of game and think, like, it's just th- three points. A point isn't enough in this one. I know we say, draw your aways, win your homes, and you'll be all right, but... It feels yeah. like dropping two points to a team in yeah. this form at the time when all the teams around you are picking up points so freely is just it's 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 a win if you're realistically yeah, yeah. wanting to stay in the playoff race. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um you know, depending on the performance of Port Vale on Saturday, you know, we we might come away with a point going. Do you know what we really we we had we had to work for that point, and you might come away being satisfied. But looking at it from the outside, looking at the form, the situation they're in, you know, absolutely abysmal run of form, um, as you said. I'm quite glad that we don't have to play them with here with uh, with the manager again. To be honest, because. I felt like he's had Steve's number a bit the last few times. We got yes, lucky sir. in the FA Cup. Very lucky in the FA Cup to to win three on that one. Uh, and uh, the game the game here against them was yes. very uncomfortable. Yeah, a stalemate, but not a stalemate. It felt like we had the edge off. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I I wouldn't have been surprised if we'd have lost. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, we've seen rebounds from. Poor performances against teams in the second match against them recently. God, I hope that continues, but it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take every game on its merits, I suppose. Don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, anything else to talk about? I don't, don't really feel there's much, much else to say about Port Vale. They've got... They haven't got a manager <laughs> and their shit. And they lost to Leighton Orient last night, so they should be just as knackered as we are from a disappointing 1-0 loss at home. And differences, we've got to travel. Actually, actually funny enough that you mentioned that, uh, Orient are the form team in the league at the moment. They're averaging something ridiculous, like 2.6 points per game over the last five or six games, um, where Port Vale are currently averaging 0.2 Oh. So that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vale are an incre- uh, not Vale, uh, Orient are an incredible run. Yeah, we're, we're lucky there. What seven points back? That's a we're luck- lucky that they started yeah. so abysmally. Yeah, one twelve draw, nine lost, nine. Thirty four looks very even, but it's when very I- uneven in terms of first quarter, second quarter of the season. When they come, when they come up, when they come up here, we're going to be in for one <laughs> hell of a game. They've got a bad taste in their mouths after last um, year, no doubt. So, uh... oh, and and us doing them free yep. on their own patch as well. Um, that's going to be. It's going. We're going to have far far easier games uh, than mm. than that one, including last night. So it doesn't necessarily guarantee. Uh, anyway, no, no, exactly. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's all I can be bothered to do. To be honest, I, feel, I can't think of anything else to talk about. Can you, Pat? With, uh... You got anything? Yeah, yeah. We've gone over an hour. You know, that's treating. That's, that's double the length of some of our most <laughs> recent episodes. So, uh, you're welcome. Enjoy. Be grateful. You <laughs> fucks. Couldn't hold it back for the whole episode, could you? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't hold it back. I couldn't hold it. I really tried not to call our listeners fucks, but. He there means it go. with love, everyone. It's not um, frankly, f- Frank. Frankly, if you've listened to, to us for this long, you almost expect it. At this <laughs> you stage. love it. Uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you everyone for listening. You lovely not fucks. <laughs> that doesn't make it better. Um, <laughs> what calling them lovely not fucks? I think I think that is decidedly better. Um, I don't know. Up the barrow. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.